Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. That's great. Welcome to can Catholic you turn Stuff stuff. You can you know. turn your stuff up a little bit? Sorry. What? No, I'm... No, you're good? Okay. We're rolling. We're rolling, baby. <laughs> Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know. This these is Deacon Mike. These intros just get better and better. This is John. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to so Denver, Col- Denver Colorado. We are strung out in finals week, and we're wasting time pretending like we're studying working on podcasts. You're getting ordained in a couple days. I'm done days. with school, brother. You're done. Oh, I am man. a master of divinity. Oh, thank you. Don't rub it in. A couple questions for you. First off, look at me. Does my uh, spine look straighter to you? Um, <laughs> you're kind of sitting back on a chair. I'm, I am relaxing. Well, I went to a... Uh, it looks straight, John. Okay. Well, I went to a friend of mine who does upper cervical. He's a doctor, Dr. Mario. He's a good guy. Oh, yeah. But he gave me an adjustment. He's a chiropractor. And it was pretty intense. How does it feel? You feel straight? It was great. You know what the best thing was about it? I sat in a zero-gravity chair afterwards for 15 minutes. It was amazing. I don't even know what that is. Were you floating? I felt like I was floating. I heard that uh, of all the the kind of fantastic things, human beings, the, the average human being, would take flying as their superpower <laughs> over anything else you learned that in good leaders good shepherds yeah is that right <laughs> yeah we took this leadership class that you just picked that off of the guy who I was instructing i just remember that yeah that's funny that is funny one other thing i want to thank my eighth graders and seventh graders over at um saint Therese catholic school here in denver okay. in aurora so, what we affectionately call saudi aurora because it's so far east of denver but they, are they, uh, they the, well-behaved? The seventh, yeah, the, well, the seventh graders are. The eighth graders, not so Uh-oh. much. But the seventh graders, I challenged them. I said, I'll give you 20 bucks if you can answer a question from one of the podcasts. I said, oh, one of wow. them. So they had to listen to them all. And uh, two of the kids answered the question right. Where did the council take place where Arius punched? Or where Arius got punched in the face, which was like our third podcast. Yeah. Two of them, boom, nice. That was a good podcast. Yeah, it was all good. A lot of good guests. Two of them got it? Two of them got it. Did you Uh, shell out 20 bucks? 20 bucks each. I actually hit up Brady, the guy I was with, (laughs) because I didn't have any money. (laughs) I forgot the money. But uh, Kira O'Toole, now there's a good Catholic name for you. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think Leah, I think that she was the other one. So congratulations to those two. They're probably done listening Hey, well done. The assignment was ended. But uh, here's the topic for the day. Are you ready? I am. Top five schisms. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is going to be good. I was studying this for a, a final a couple days ago, and I was like, this is perfect. This is this is like great. David Letterman? This is like David Letterman. Top five, top five schism. Well, first, let's talk about what a schism is. Okay. So what's the Greek word where schism comes from? Uh, I know I, I do like Greek, but I don't know. Mike, it sounds like schism. Well, yeah, that sounds like Greek. Okay, schisma. Schisma. Oh, schisma, wow, schismata. John. Schismata. Man. I'm not trying to make you look like an idiot. <laughs> Your face well, is turning you've red. Done that. All right, sorry. Schisma <laughs> means to to rip, to rip it rip apart. And like uh, examples of this yeah. one, this is cool. I think it's oh man, which gospel? I think it's Matt Mark. Uh, it's one of the synoptics. When G, when the Holy Spirit descends upon Jesus' baptism, the the heavens are rip, they're rent apart. Schisma. Gosh, oh, it's yeah. either Mark or Luke. And then at the end of the gospel. Um, the temple. Um, oh, yeah, the, the curtain. The temple curtain is schisma. So oh, this is yeah. like this. Rent apart. And so what the, what the gospel writer is trying to articulate is just how 
there's this this intensity and this gravity and almost a violence in how much in how God comes to save His people. It's a wow. schisma. So, but the schisma we're talking about. Not Can I so, quickly interject? Yes, that synoptic gospels are Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Mm. Um, because they share a lot of the same material. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. That was a. Uh, you just threw synoptics out there. I'm sorry. Like, Thank you for catching that. Um, you're a seminarian. You, I know. I know. I'm losing touch with reality you know so all quickly. These um, so yeah, that's in the synoptic. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Though. Okay, go on. What sorry, we're talking about is the top five schisms. Um, there have been tons of schisms in the church. Now, schisms are different than heresy and apostasy. There's all these different ways that you can kind of get in trouble and separate yourself. But schisms mean You've separated yourself, but there's not theological differences. So you believe the same thing, but you're separated. Oh, okay? okay. That's what a schism is. Um, a heresy is when you reject something, obstinate kind rejection or denial. Officially take a different doctrine. You say, I believe something different. Okay. And then um, apostasy is different. We'll talk about those other ones. I think we'll do a whole other podcast on that. But schism is just where there's a separation in the church. Now, the first schism takes place where? When? Is this – wait, do you, have you ranked them? I'm going to rank them in a second, but when does the first one take place? It's not one of the top five. Oh. Uh, Think early on. Coptic? No, no, early, 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 like 33 AD. Oh, after the Council of Jerusalem? I was thinking even earlier. Oh, Judas. Boy. Oh, There's yeah. the first schism. So Jesus anticipates this. Jesus institutes his church knowing that there would be divisions, but calls them and um, says you must pray that you would be one. So this is weird – um, urgency and, and mission to be to, for union in the church, but then there's also this recognition that we, it will not happen and it will not exist. And oh, so for yeah. a Catholic, you have this kind of sense of church is divinely inspired, but it's made up of human members. So the humanity causes the division and the divinity, the divine inspiration causes the unity. Right. Our job is always to, sins affect yeah, on the humanity. Exactly. And so all schisms are always an effect of skins or skins. Listen to this. Too much. It's getting too late. How, how does that relate to Greek? It doesn't. Don't <laughs> don't ask me that. Don't don't stick it back to me now. The uh, sins, infidelity, and then a lot of times it's just cultural estrangement. So here are the top five. Okay, let's hear. First wait, one. Wait, that doesn't count. Judas. No, that doesn't count. Well, I, yeah, gosh, that's probably the most important and significant one. But for the purposes of my preparation, just set it aside. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Number here's, five. Here's the uh, number. F- uh, f- well, actually, they're in order. So four thirty one A.D. <laughs> 431 A.D. Now, the Council of Ephesus met in 431 A.D. Of course, this is going to be boring history because this is what I love. No, right? you love history. I love Come history. On. 431 A.D., there's a guy Dynamic. named Nestorius who sh- showed up on the scene. Oh, yeah. Now, Nestorius had issues with what? This is this is tough. I'm quizzing you on the spot here. Just give me a little bit, oh. and then I'll, we'll run with it. Um, the motherhood of God. Yes. Okay, very good. So the Council of Ephesus proclaimed that Mary was the mother of God. Theotokos. The mother of God, the Theotokos, right? Which is the Greek for mother of God. Mother of God, yeah. Right. So he took issue with that when they solemnly defined that, the, the bishops did. And Nestorius was a bishop, and he said, nope, that's not right. And the reason he said that is because he had problems with the um, understanding Jesus as God and man. Now, there's this union right. of the two natures of Jesus. Jesus is one person, but there's these two natures. He's divine and he's human, fully divine, fully human. Some people understand that they over-separate it, and that's what Nestorius did. So when Nestorius oh, over-separates yeah. it, he can't see Mary, the human mother, as the divine mother. He couldn't make the yeah. connection. So right. that's his problem. He is a heretic, 
but he leads into schism a lot of people who actually believe the true faith. They're called the Assyrian Church of the East. Syrian. Syrian Orthodox is what we call them oh, now. Yeah. So the Assyrian Church of the East still separated from Rome, right? From the Roman Catholic Church, which right. is the, the... But this is legitimate separation. That's the first huge schism that happens in 431 AD. Okay. All right? There's, There's been recent reconciliation. There has. But it's not perfect. We're getting there, though. We're getting yeah, there. We are. So much so that we have a guy who's from that church... Yeah, who is studying, he's a priest, and he's studying here with us. Yeah. He's a great guy, Father Saji. We love him. 451 AD. This is number two. Number two, 20, years, right. 20 years later. Council of Chalcedon meets, and there's more trouble. Except Uh-oh. there's the opposite trouble. This time we're dealing with the Monophysite heresy. Oh, boy. So the Monophysite heresy leads into schism, these, this whole other group that we call the Oriental Orthodox. So you have another huge separation happening from the Roman Church. Here's the main thing. The guys in the way east are, way se- are separated from people in the way west, i.e. Rome, and they're the first to get separated. So Assyrian Church of the East, then these are your boys, the Copts, the Coptics, yeah. um, Ethiopians, Armenians. These guys all get separated next in 451 AD. Now their issue After is... Chalcedon. Their issue is... Um, they get caught up in monophysites. They get accused of being monophysites. Now, we know we're not that. Monophysite means one phusis, one nature. So they collapse the divinity and the, na- and the humanity of Jesus, the two natures. So the divinity of Jesus just, like, swallows up his humanity. Yeah. And then you can't say Jesus is completely like us. Yeah, he's not like us. He's just like this God thing that has just taken over this humanity. So yeah. they get caught up in that. But the, so, you, so you see the first two major schisms in the church – are kind of piggybacked on these heresies. But now we would say they are not monophysites and they're not Nestorians. They're not heretics, but they are in yeah. schism. But they are separate. Yeah, so we got to right. pray for those two. They, that was 1,700 years ago that they left. But they have wow. such a beautiful tradition, um, monastic tradition, theological tradition, that we would learn a lot from and it would really enrich yeah. our life. So we need to just continue the dialogue and hope that, that we can have reconciliation. Now, my boys, the uh, Ethiopians fall into that category. Your right? Ethiopians, the Coptics, yep, they fall into that um, but like we said, there's there's real tragedy when part of this breaks off. Because yeah. remember, um, the, Jesus was a Jew. This was happening in a Semitic region of the world. It didn't happen in Greece. It didn't happen in Rome. It happened in the Semitic world. And that was the first to get separated from the apostolic church founded on Peter wow. in Rome. Yeah. So in many ways, we've got to get them back. But we're working. We're, we're working. working. We're working, baby. And there, there's a lot of work both sides. Next one, 1054. Everybody knows this one. 1054, Byzantine. Eastern Orthodox separation. Big time. Essentially, this is not um, a theological problem. You have something called the Filioque, which is um, an addition that is made in the West to the creed of Nicaea and Constantinople. They add that the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son. Filioque means and the Son. So you have this addition, and we'll probably do a podcast on this at some point, the Filioque controversy. Um, But theologically, we're saying the same thing, which is this. The Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father through the Son. So it's a linguistic thing. The main problem and the main reason for separation between Byzantium, which is then Constantinople, which is now Istanbul, separated from Rome. And they take the East with them, the Greeks, eventually the Russians. Do you remember what reason? Well, the Filioque, but then you have... um, There was was cultural differences, and then um, there was uh, just... uh, different misunderstandings about how the church should be run um, on, a, on a kind of a juridical level and um, who, who should be leading 
each of uh, each of can, on a local level, or is it consolidated through Rome? Exactly. Jesus establishes the church on the apostles, but there's primacy in Peter. Everybody recognizes that he's equal, first among equals, so to speak. But the question is, how do you relate those two? How does Peter, i.e., the successor of Peter in Rome, the Pope, relate with the other bishops, especially those in the patriarchs, like Constantinople? Uh, and then it, they just excommunicate each other, and there's this huge battle. Schism. Uh, real problem. Rent. Uh, rent. So, so that's the Byzantine and the Eastern Orthodox. Next, number four. Number four. 1517. Lutheran. Lutheranism. Oh, yeah, Luther. Martin Luther. Our yeah. friends up in Minnesota, the Lutrans, as my grandmother calls them. Yeah. Martin That's Luther in, 15, in 1517 puts up his 95 thesis. Now, Martin Luther's issues were essentially started as a schism, and then he started to change theologically. There's a radical transformation happens theologically through his lifetime. He starts oh, yeah. very different. The 95 thesis condemns, and I've said this before on this podcast, it condemns the selling of indulgences, the abuses around indulgences, which was cleaned up. He condemns that. I mean, that's his fundamental beef, right, so to speak. Right. And there's a power struggle between these German princes and the church in Germany and the church in Rome. Corruption on both sides, real problems, separation, and that spurs and spins into the Protestant Reformation, which becomes right. a theological revolution, so to speak, and is completely gone. And, and eventually, by the end of his life, he is disagreeing with the church on points of doctrine, especially the function of faith and exactly. justification by the end of his life. And so so we can speak of Lutheranism as a schism in its first form, but then it becomes theological heresy, so yeah. to speak, after that. It's the exact opposite of the early councils, which started min- mixed up with heresies, but then they became schisms because oh, yeah. they, they disagreed and they separated themselves from the heretical groups. Interesting. 1534, our last one. Anglicanism. Oh, okay. This is an interesting one. Uh, as as many of you know, Henry VIII had how many wives? Seven? Yeah. Something like that. Six, seven wives. Yeah, but his first one was Catherine of Aragon, which is actually his brother's wife. When his, when his brother died, he took her. She didn't bear him a son. He wanted a uh, divorce, requested an annulment from the Pope. I think it was Clement VI in Rome. Wow. Was denied. He said, see, I'm taking the Church of England with me. Separated. It, it began as a formal schism. And the oh, king yeah. took, but again, it's a schism rooted in a cultural estrangement between Rome in the south of Europe and England, and it's a power struggle between England. The last three of our top five are all power struggles: Rome and and Constantinople, Rome and Germany, Rome and um, England. So we got a lot of problems whenever there's this power struggle that's happening. Oh yeah. And uh, so it what church begins is the Church of England, which originally has orders. It has apostolic tradition. It has the faith, but then it starts to change. Now they're ordaining women and they've, they're doing all kinds of things that have really separated them from the church. But these are the five major um, groups. And from the last two, from Luther and Anglicanism, you have Protestant movements. And now there's 20,000, 40,000, something like that, uh, denominations. Denominationalism came from that. And they believe anything. I mean, But they're, they're rooted in that original schism. But they're rooted in the original, original schism. schism. Right, And these schisms, and this is the last thing we'll say because this is getting kind of long, uh, the schisms are certainly the fault of both sides. Uh, yeah. This is not bad people who just left the Catholic Church. They're, this is people who are responding to injustices and, and scandal within the Church, within the humanity of the Church, uh, and, and unfortunately left and took people with them. But we're meant to be one. We're meant to be one. Christ uh, instituted a Church 
that was meant to be one and prayed for that. So, so what do we do about reconciling when uh, we've, we've done wrong? Well, we've made a lot of progress in the last 40 years. John Paul II was the great pope of what we call ecumenism, which is the, the, that's the effort to reunite Christians, so to speak. And ecumenism seeks to have dialogue. Um, and so really briefly, what, what is required of all Christians for this is a holiness. If we reform our lives and we live more radically as faithful, we'll be united. If infidelity is the cause of division, then fidelity will be the cause of reunification. Oh, yeah. But it's not our job. It's the Holy Spirit's work. We will never be able to unite ourselves. That's Pelagian. That's a heresy. So we have to work on that. We have to work on ecumenism being in dialogue. We have to really listen to what people say. It was good dialogue that put us in contact with those first two schisms. That's when we realized they're not heretics, right? The Assyrian oh, Church yeah. of the East, they're not Nestorian. And the Oriental Orthodox, your friends in Ethiopia, they're not Monophysites. But it's only in true dialogue that we can understand that. And we can learn, oh, you know what? They actually are accenting things that we need to, we've forgotten or we need to remember. So there you go, the and ecumenical if it, project. If it's the work of the Holy Spirit, we got to pray, pray, pray. we got to pray, pray, pray. We pray for unity among Christians. Amen. There it is. Catholic Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. See ya.